0: Hello and welcome to UC Today. I'm Tom Wright and I'm delighted to be joined by Patrick from Caval and Paul from Spectralink. How's it going, guys? Great to have you.
1: Great. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Great good to morning, see you.
0: Morning, Very well, thanks. Yeah, great to have you both. And We're going to be talking about uh, empowering frontline workers today. And this is a um, good timing for Spectralink, actually, Paul, because you've just recently launched a new generation of deck phones. So I think that might be a good place to start. Could you talk through the rationale behind the launch and what you're looking to bring to the table with it?
1: Yes, yeah, so especially like we're 100% focused on in-building mobility solutions. Uh, it's what we live and breathe. Uh, we have a 30-year-plus track record in in delivering those solutions uh, using Wi-Fi and debt. Um, we see uh, prevalence of debt in a lot of the European uh, markets, uh, but also Wi-Fi growing uh, in, in other markets and uh, overseas. Yeah, in, in developing these new S-series of handsets, we really wanted to focus on making uh, it easier to do business with. Uh, so rationalising the handsets down from a choice of nine to a choice of three, uh, making them easier to buy, easier to sell. Uh, rationalising also the uh, accessories uh, around them. So having a common charger for all three handsets, having common belt clips and swivel clips uh, for all three chargers, and also rack rack chargers for some of the larger installations. Well, we also. No, but you know, people's expectations are higher today. Uh, there's a requirement for a modern user experience. Uh, so these new S ha- uh, series handsets have much larger displays, uh, two point four inch colour displays, that makes them far easier to use. Uh, so we've we've got people working with the handsets uh, now. you know, It's much easier to handle calls, uh, to find colleagues, uh, to to bring colleagues into the call. Uh, but it's also easier to look at their task lists, uh, jobs to be done. A lot of our users have uh, actions and tasks, uh, very task oriented, and they use the display to look at their list of act- list of tasks. Could be messaging, uh, could be alarming from people or from platforms. Uh, so we have people using them in factories, so maintaining equipment, uh, repairing equipment, uh, and just the, the, co- the larger color display makes them far more intuitive. Not only that we have a larger display, uh, but we also have focused a lot on crystal clear voice quality, particularly in uh, those harsher environments. You know, extremely noisy factories, uh, production lines running full speed, lots of noise uh, going on, lots of dust and grit in the background. And yeah, having clarity of communications is key. Um, a lot of our users are working security, um, scenarios. So be able to get your message heard, uh, with, with intent and with, with the clarity. So the handsets have uh, enhanced processing, uh, far improved processing uh, for crystal clear voice quality that can handle different environments like to be very uh, noisy factories, uh, but also in, in quiet, uh, quieter places. And uh, with, with the, yeah, I think you'll appreciate their beautiful design, uh, innovative uh, design. We, we focus on making them lightweight so they're easy to, to carry day in, day out. Also, we haven't sacrificed beauty for hardness or ruggedness. So they, they come with a special ink, uh, stamp for uh, durability and ruggedness. So they have higher IP ratings so that they can be dust proof and even submergible in water, um, to a high IP rating. And, uh, they, they've been designed to withstand, yeah, the, the daily wear and tear of a factory floor or a warehouse or a, or a retail floor. So they can be dropped onto steel or concrete floors. And they've been designed to withstand impact um, so yeah, we design them to last the longest in the market so we think it's really important that yeah they're, they're not devices that you buy uh, and then have to throw away and, and buy again yeah every six months yeah visa designed for longevity and on the back of that we we offer up to a five-year service plan um in, including some accidental damage um uh, include yeah as, as, a, as a
0: five-year offer so you've picked out quite a lot of the key features there, but is there anything else particularly innovative that you'd like to highlight? Yeah, so we're
1: focused on supporting a lot of the innovation around this move to UCAS. Uh, so in terms of UCAS, we're focused on integrations, really back to that theme of making us easy to do business with. So, for example, we've, we've worked extremely closely with Microsoft to develop an end-user secure sign-in, sign-out. Um, there's a menu that appears on our large, big screens on our, on our deck devices and actually now end users can sign in, sign out using uh, Microsoft multi-factor authentication without any admin assistance. Uh, so that's a, that's a nice differentiator. We don't have to involve remote admin or management. These are end users can sign in with their usual credentials uh, for teams. So focus on making it easy. And we're working with other UCaaS vendors on similar uh, integrations. Secondly, I'd like to say we're innovating around cloud management. We have a lot of organizations, particularly those early adopters in the enterprise for cloud, such as large distributed retail organizations, large distributed manufacturing organizations with warehouses and offices and, and depots and factories. Putting all those together under a UCaaS platform is, is a key trend and along with that we're focused on Amy, which is our cloud management platform, so we can remotely provision uh, the devices, the S series devices and the infrastructure and drop ship those out to the customer. We can remotely help switch handsets over from legacy handsets to our new S series handsets. So the end user just has to pick up the handset and again, sign in with their UCAS platform. And then we can also do the performance monitoring. So we, we can keep uh, up to speed with the performance of our radio network in building mobility network. And our partners can offer service levels uh, to the customer or actually some end customers manage it themselves. So they can easily look at the performance across multi-site retail, they can look at calls in, calls out, uh, where where calls are being made and provide a fantastic uh, performance reporting capability. Um, and finally, what I'd like to say is we're, we're helping bring UCAS into places where UCAS was tricky to get to. So there's a lot of legacy debt in Europe, particularly around Germany and France. There's a lot of legacy cable runs, like two-pair and four-pair digital cable. And these are used in hospitals, in factories, where it's 24-7 operations. And it's not so much about the paying to recable those for Ethernet, for IP. It's more about the case of just not being able to close operations or shut down operations to recable. Um, but then there there is an expensive cabling. These cable runs are often at very high ceilings, above ten meters, twenty meters, requiring specialist contractors. So we're innovating around being able to have a gateway, so we can uh, bring our UCAS integrations and our cloud management solution to the vast majority of sites out there that have legacy cable. Uh, so very excited about uh, bringing UCAS to more more people.
0: Great. There's a lot of stuff in there, Paul, particularly security. That's an interesting point, which we'll come to in a few minutes. But I think if we good to bring Patrick in now. Patrick, I think this is quite a good time for you as well because you've been doing a bit of work in this space. Um, so I just wanted to speak in more generally if you could talk through some of the trends you're seeing, particularly around bringing these cloud platforms to frontline workers.
2: Yeah, you're right. It's uh, It's really interesting, and I've uh, spoken to Paul previously about what Spectralink is doing in the space. But I think it, uh, you're right. We, we've actually just commissioned some... Re- Every year we run uh, enterprise research studies, so surveys uh, and focus groups of businesses. Uh, and we've conducted one this year of a uh, couple of thousand businesses across North America and Western Europe. Uh, and one of the questions we asked specifically was about the, the the composition of the businesses in terms of those different worker personas. Um, so, looking specifically at frontline workers, whether they're a sort of fixed-location frontline worker, as Paul was talking about, maybe in a warehouse or a manufacturing space, whether they're a, a mobile frontline front worker, so uh, out and about, maybe a construction worker going to different sites, as well as, well as other office personas you'd expect, uh, office workers, high and low contact. And actually, this does, as you can imagine, vary by geography, but around 30 to 50 percent of the entire workforce is made up of frontline workers. It does does depend on your definitions, but either of a a fixed location or those who are mobile. As I said, varies by geography, so the actual proportion of frontline workers is is higher in the US compared to European markets, but it does also, as you might expect, uh, depend on the particular vertical you're looking at. So Frontline workers make up this this significant proportion of the workforce um, and ensuring that they have the right tech to feel connected and uh, part of a business and constantly sort of in the loop is obviously a big focus for a lot of organisations. And I think one thing that we have to be honest about in the industry is traditionally, so software platforms, if you look at uh, communications or CRM or collaboration or productivity, they have been much, they've had much more penetration into the, the office worker space, the, the desk bound worker space. Um, but what we've seen recently is as some of those geographic markets that I talked about, when you look at the US or the UK or some of those Western European markets, if you look at cloud communications, unified communications for example, the pe- penetration rates are increasing, so we're above 40% penetrated of cloud solutions into the overall business base in the US, similar in the UK, and it slightly less but varies around Western Europe. And what we've seen is those uh, unified communications providers now looking for areas to differentiate uh, their offerings and and find new opportunities. And and frontline worker personas uh, are now a key uh, sort of focus. And uh, while I was doing the sort of background research for this, I saw a there's a Harvard Business Review uh, study that said that they've uh, they, they done a survey and 86% of frontline workers wanted better technology. Um, so I think it's it's one of those areas that potentially has been slightly neglected by, by software providers. Um, and if frontline workers aren't included, it can lead to problems like shadow IT, where staff are using sort of unsanctioned platforms that can't be managed as easily. Uh, and this can lead to information loss or, as, as Paul was saying, in sort of compliant, secure industries, regulatory and compliance issues. So it's becoming a really big focus for the industry, the, the
0: frontline worker space. And you mentioned that it does sort of vary depending on which vertical you're looking at. Are there any particularly interesting verticals you've seen for your research and any key trends that you've picked out? Yeah, so, so I looked into the data. So we get this split
2: from the uh, businesses that we've spoken to by what vertical sector they're in. So in terms of the, the composition of any business, As you can imagine, there are particular verticals where there's a greater proportion of frontline workers. So, as I said, I was looking through the data earlier on, uh, retail, construction, hospitality tend to have a higher proportion of frontline workers in their businesses Uh, and industries such as information, technology, financial services and insurance generally tend to have a higher proportion of uh, office or desk based workers. Now, obviously, there are nuances in that. There are exceptions that, uh, that don't conform to the, the sort of general rule there, but, but that would be something we've seen. Um, and I, I wanted to just, uh, I think it goes one stage further than that as well. So even within frontline workers, there are types of frontline workers that have a greater requirement for cloud and software platforms um, that, than others. So for example, if you think of a, a construction worker, they might have less demand for a communication software platform, for example, than a frontline retail worker. So a frontline retail worker might need to be inputting customer data, interaction logs, and that gives them a a more pressing requirement for some sort of cloud software application because they need to effectively store that data centrally and share it with the wider organisation. So as I said, I think there are exceptions to the rule, but I think the way to think about it is if. Any data within a, a worker's day-to-day life, so whether that's customer data, logistics data or workflow data, those users that handle that in whatever form it might be, need software tools to be able to help uh, help them store this, help them disperse it to the wider organization. Um, so as well as sort of on the vertical side, there are specific personas even with frontline workers that have sort of greater demand for, for software.
0: Yeah, it's interesting how much nuance there is around the term frontline worker. Patrick, you kind of explained it quite well there, how many different sort of variations there can be of frontline work in. And um, I think actually, Paul, this plays quite nicely into my next question. You put quite a big emphasis on um, on security for the frontline worker with this launch. I wonder if you could talk us through sort of how and why that's so important.
1: Yeah, a lot, a lot of our users are, are working in dangerous environments. Uh, so we support security officers and guards working in jails and prisons. Uh, around the world. We support nurses and medical teams working in secure, security hospitals, psychiatric hospitals um, where, where worker safety and security is key. Uh, we also have users in, in industrial settings uh, like construction sites, work, working even across nuclear uh, power stations uh, that are working often on, on their own. And we emphasize on loan worker safety and security. So, what what we have in our in our handsets across the Wi Fi and uh, DEX handset range uh, are uh, security uh, accessories options like red alarm keys, so you can uh, press the red alarm key and act and and get first response help. Yeah, get get first responders to 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 you. We can also take in positioning. So traditionally, we've used base station signal strength, like from a in building radio network, to locate the rough whereabouts of a user. And then that's passed across our APIs to a large ecosystem of specialist alarms and messaging partners, who actually build the uh, the software and the smarts to track uh, alarm alarm calls uh, and messaging and, and get people quickly to the uh, to the place. Uh, the innovation we're building to the handsets is we we have partners that support uh, RFID, uh, particularly in prison, so you can locate the whereabouts of the staff. And also the direction of travel if they move from one um water to to the next we also have built in bluetooth across our wi-fi um and and s series so we're going to be using ble and bluetooth to get to have more precise uh, location positioning Uh, but yeah safety and security is a a key use case uh, for us also on the high-end handsets we have motion detection so if someone, somebody has fallen down on a construction site, or if someone's running uh, in a in a security setting, that can automatically trigger alarm calls. Uh, so that that then is picked up and we can deal with the situation. Uh, we also have the pull cord alarm. So typically security officers will have the devices tied to their body, and if someone tries to rip the device and, and take
0: the device from them, it triggers an automatic alarm. Yeah, I think it's great to see that kind of right at the forefront of the innovation. It's really good to see. Um, for my final question, actually, I think it's always nice to, uh, to put the analyst on the spot. So I'm going to finish off uh, with Patrick and just ask you to kind of, you know, maybe look at the future and see what we, you think we can expect to see from uh, you know, the big vendors in terms of um, empowering frontline workers and anything you expect to see become particularly important as we head in towards the new year.
2: Yeah, well, thanks, thanks for that, Tom. Uh, as always, no, I, th- I think it is becoming an increasing focus for for everyone in the industry. So, if we look, sp- let's look at specifically uh, my sort of area of focus, which is unified communications and collaboration. So, the the majority of the leading vendors in the market, uh, I don't think, would argue that they've had the majority of, the, of their success in in the, in that office worker desk desk based worker space. But I think over the last eighteen to twenty th- four months, you heard a lot more about specific use cases designed for frontline workers um, as they try effectively to to leverage this sort of underserved section of the market. Um, so if, if, if we look specifically, let's look at uh, sort of three big vendors at Microsoft, first of all, Microsoft launched uh, Microsoft 365 for frontline workers. Uh, so that's like a a, tool, a suite of tools designed to better cater for sort of mobile workforce. Um, and that's also, they've combined that with the commercial packages. So their F series of licensing. So the equivalent of sort of an E3 or an, uh, an E5 package, uh, but with F specifically focused on frontline workers. So that's with additional tools across training, communications, data entry. Um, and specifically within collaboration, they've got Microsoft Teams for frontline workers. So Teams has obviously had huge success in that office desk based worker space. But they've created a tailored version of teams and it's got specific features um, like shift scheduling and task management so just like Paul was talking about with with the deck series from Spectralink, you have to have features that uniquely help the frontline workers um, I, in terms of what's to come in the future and as I, as I was sort of researching what everyone's doing in the space I mean I'm a real sucker for any um, sort of emerging technology, and I think potentially the the wearable space is a really interesting sector for frontline workers. So obviously we've seen Microsoft Hololens and and Cisco as well have been doing some really interesting stuff in this area in partnership with um, with Google Glass. So that's effectively wearable tech where you you will be able to, as a frontline worker, have some sort of data augmented over your vision. So whether that's um, data about schematics of a machine or a, a video call with a, with a colleague to talk you through some sort of process on the front line. And they could be based in a, in another location. I know Zoom have looked at that as well. So the other major player in, in the collaborative space. So they've got Zoom phone and they've put loads of frontline focused features into their collaboration application. But they've got a partnership with RealWare, So effectively you can have a device like a headset or a helmet. Uh, and communicate and collaborate in real time whilst augmenting some of that data into into your vision or into your audio when you when you're not at your desk so i think that there's a lot of uh, sort of very specific features that you might see within applications themselves communications applications so stuff like push to talk Uh, hands-free comms shift scheduling as in within the microsoft team solution specific location services interesting what paul was saying about rfid and the location services there that could be a really interesting space so we're seeing lots of specific development within the the unified communications and collaboration platforms. But if the the one that excites me most is the idea of me wearing my my glasses and being able to fix my internal plumbing, even though I'm not a specific frontline worker. So I think there's a there's a lot of use cases there that
0: might be uh, really exciting in the future. Yeah, it's yep. a really interesting aspects. And it's nice to see, like you said, Patrick, those innovations dedicated to the frontline workers. Um, I'm a bit like you, a bit of a sucker for emerging tech. So I think anything augmented is gonna be really interesting. Yep over the next few months. And it will certainly be interesting to see how that plays out, Um perhaps in a year's time we'll have this conversation again and there'll be something huge that we haven't even discussed uh, that comes out. But in the meantime, guys, it's been great talking to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Pleasure, Tom. And thank you everyone for watching. If you enjoyed this video, please give us a quick like and a share on social media and we'll see you next time.